Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to Extra Points Friday edition. Cousin Sal coming to you. Spaghetti and meatballs behind the glass. Oh, a gloomy spaghetti after the Giants lost last night. We're going to get into that. Martin Weiss is here. We got Babyface Joel Solomon producing this whole mess. And my dear, dear pal, Dave Damashek. Shek, let, let's just launch right in. I feel like on minus three, you sat down with Spaghetti, and Spaghetti was wearing a Dexter Lawrence jersey. What is that, 97? A Dexter Lawrence jersey, and that is the gentleman who jumped off sides, giving Washington football team another chance at a game-winning field goal, and they nailed it. Am I right or am I wrong? I, I think uh, I think you've covered all uh, details accurately. You did skip out on the bucket hat that Eddie Spaghetti wore needlessly oh. on minus three with a chinny strap. Um, but yes, not unlike a uh, a heavy set Eddie Spaghetti, Dexter Lawrence launched himself oh over the line of scrimmage and cost the Giants. But to hang it on just one giant would be unfair to several other giants. Am I correct in saying yes, that? Yes, I think like, if you hang a, it on one, it should be, uh, was it Slayton that dropped the touchdown pass? I mean, right off his hand. Spaghetti, jump in here. I know you're miserable. Uh, I wish you would announce it right here, but you could say it again. You said yesterday might have been the worst day of your life. Washington wins 30-29 in week two. Is that so? Yeah, that was definitely one of the worst games ever. I mean, multiple points. The Giants should have won that game, whether, like you said, the Slayton drop, the phantom holding call, and the, the long DJ yeah. rushing touchdown, Dexter Lawrence you DJ. know, pop, popping off sides. Apparently, I've been reading, too, that somebody said they thought the center slightly moved his hand, which is what caused Dex to jump off sides. But I don't know. Yes. It was just it was just so miserable. Taylor Heineke coming in <laughs> here and, and scoring 30 points in this Giants defense that was supposed to be good. Um, you know, there should be more criticism on the, on the damn defense over what Daniel Jones did, which by the way, was the best performance of his career, uh, statistically. So yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, yeah, there's an easier game next week versus the Falcons, but this would have been good to get a division <laughs> win. Uh, I, I, I just, mean, first of all, the game was good. Everyone thought it was going to be a dog. And by the way, next Thursday, not, not great either on paper. It's, um, who is it? It's, it's Carolina at Houston or Houston at Carolina. One of those, I don't Ooh. know where it is, but. Yeah, I know. That's a rough one. But Martin, I don't know. I looked up. First of all, 30-29, great ending. Not really sloppy. The first turnover was when Heineke threw the fourth quarter pick that the Giants only turned into a field goal. But you looked up and both quarterbacks were like 20 for 26, right? It was a decent game. I actually tweeted about this. I said one of these quarterbacks is on his fourth team. One of these quarterbacks was the sixth pick in the draft. And (laughs) to add to Eddie Spaghetti's terrible day, he decided he wanted to go back and forth with it. And This is the thing I don't understand about like, yeah, Daniel Jones probably played the best statistical game of his career, but he was going toe to toe with a guy who literally was a backup in the XFL. Like, I I just can't understand. Like we were sitting here having a conversation. Is Tyler Heineke better than Daniel Jones? Which sounds crazy to me. How low is the ceiling for the sixth pick in the draft where that is like where we're talking about right now? Well, well it, it is an 16. interesting, it, yeah, it is at, an at interesting, at best. Yeah. what, what are you supposed to say now with Daniel Jones, where he is? Do you feel as a Giants guy, I mean, there's 15 more games to figure this out, but are you, is that your franchise QB? Is he really a guy that you see having your team in contention season after season? I don't know. But in the meantime, the main culprit is the one who no one has mentioned yet. His name is Joe Judge. 
How do you, when, when you're a guy like you're running laps and this is the way we run it and attention to detail and I'm a special teams guy. And when those screw ups are happening with those specific areas, then it has to fall on the head man, right? I mean, that's that's who you got to be sick with. I'm weird. I, the, the Slayton drop, it wasn't a perfect ball, by the way. He was wide oh, it was open. It was pretty good. It was pretty it was good. It. Did you I, really feel like that was straight up Slayton's fault? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't I, think that was a great I, ball in that check. spot from from uh, from the aforementioned DJ, whereas yeah. the rest of us know him, Daniel Jones or Danny Dimes. But um, either way, one thing's for it, sure. It, one thing's for sure. Takes off. Yeah. Eddie Spaghetti must wear, I hereby decree, if you missed it on minus three, I encourage you to look at it. He wore a ridiculous, ridiculous bucket hat, one of those silly fishing guy blue hats, and he wore the chinny strap. I decree he must wear it until the Giants win a football game. Do you but agree with that? I, I'm fine with that. But Spaghetti, the 97, I mean, who else Who else yesterday wore a number 97 on a podcast? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, well, that that is Dexter Lawrence, right? That's not Iwanuka, right? It's a Dexter Lawrence jersey. It was it was Dexter Lawrence, and I, I did say on minus three that uh, I was doing my part to help the team win because I I believe in the past uh, my superstitions uh, they've driven me to the bad bucket hat and that Dexter Lawrence jersey. I think we won a game when I wore that, so oh. I tried to wear that. Oh and let me just jump in quickly on on Martin's point here, comparing Heineke to Dalen Jones. The the reason why that point makes zero sense is Tom Brady was a six round pick. But so the it's why, like if you're gonna if you're gonna compare it to that, it's like well then no quarterback drafted first overall ever live up to what Tom Brady has accomplished in the NFL. You're comparing that's true. the the two individual players. I mean, like I know people in the NFL are prisoner of the moment. They don't like factoring in the the outside uh, elements of the quarterback. It's like this quarterback has to give us you know 11 wins his rookie season, throw for 4,000 yards. If he doesn't, he's he's terrible. Let's get rid of him, find a new guy on the cheap. But it's like COVID off seasons, changing head coaches. This is the year two of Jason Garrett's offense. No Saquon. They didn't really have weapons last year. It's unfair to compare the two. And most people that are, that follow the NFL thought that the WFT were a far superior team than the Giants anyway. So well, that I'm defense, not shocked that Heineke is playing well because his team around him is better. He did well against what uh, everyone considered a top two or three defense. We may have to ditch that narrative soon enough. They have some very good players who, who create uh, some problems for quarterbacks throughout the game. I think they had like three, three or so. <laughs> Uh, I'm seeing, by the way, our friend, Josh Gardner, who we're going to have later on. He's in the waiting room. Um, I told him, <laughs> I told him, uh, I told him one o'clock. All right. It doesn't, but he's going to have to wait. He's going to be a waiting mf but go ahead, Martin, defend yourself. I don't, I don't blame Daniel Jones. I think he's like 10th on the list of the problems Look, for the giants yesterday. I don't, I don't think that he's, again, he played a great game yesterday, but first of all, we had to stop bringing up Tom Brady in these quarter. He's, he stands alone. The reason why we know that Tom Brady was the 199th pick is because nobody else like from the fourth round on does this type of thing. Russell Wilson is like the, the what he was a late pick. And then, but that's about it. Everybody else, mm -hmm. if you're drafted up there and towards the top and you compare him to Tom Brady, I understand, but like a more accurate conversation uh, uh, comparison to me would be like Justin Herbert who had, I mean, all types of injuries is lost his coach's first year all that nobody is looking at Justin Herbert and saying like that guy doesn't have it. Nobody's well, they're saying it about Tua who was drafted immediately before Herbert. Of course, there are different ways to skin a cat to get your franchise QB. The uh, most consistent path is in the first round, but it doesn't mean anybody, everybody drafted in the first round is going to pan out and be worthy of a second big time contract. 
That's the issue here. Obviously, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott's another guy who has one of those big deals. So so there, it's not as though the only way to do it is with a high first round pick. I'm more interested, though, in Eddie Spaghetti. I mean, by the way, today, he's uh, he's spaghetti al dente with a little arrabbiata. He's very spicy mm. today. Be careful where <laughs> you step there, Martin Weiss. Spaghetti, you're upset with Jeff Schwartz, too, I see online. Schwartz oh, what bad mouth and the Giants uh, on Twitter. <laughs> And then and and you say that he hates the Giants. How say you on this? Uh, I'm I'm kind of over Jeff's like trolling efforts on Twitter. Like, yeah, Jeff, I get it. The Giants have not been good since 2016. But it's like there are other bad franchises in the NFL, and he goes hard against the Giants. Meanwhile, the Giants paid him. He was a Giant. The Giants gave him a contract. It's like go after the Lions, go after the Jets. Like, I yes, I'm not saying they're they're they don't need criticism. Of course they do. I criticize them, but it's like he gets all these snarky remarks, and then he like quote tweets people and is like, oh yeah yeah yeah, like oh I wonder why Giants fans are so mad. They're so angry. It's like because you're you're getting everyone's skin you know, by I, just I, being a jerk about I it. I kind of think Spaghetti's being nice about. It. He thinks that Jeff Schwartz stole from the Giants. He doesn't want to say it. He's being nice, and he doesn't think he has is that the right true? to say anything about it because he feels he stole from them. Go ahead, Spaghetti. You could you could admit it. I, I, I just look, I, I if, if somebody paid me, uh, I'm not going to Sal, you pay me. I know. I'm never going to bad math. You'll you be talking in the shit history about of my life. Years. I know never. I'll never, ever do that. I just <laughs> I like and again, they deserve criticism, but it's it's just it's a little Listen, it's a little much. Let's not live life in the rearview mirror, Eddie yeah. Spaghetti. Last week, though, I do have to revisit the uh, the near background. A week ago, you said I'm done with sports after Notre Dame almost lost to Toledo. And the Giants lost. You said that's it for sports. You went back and you watched the game. You did, did this to yourself. Let's look ahead, though. As you mentioned, the Falcons in New Jersey next week. <laughs> I mean, are you going to be wearing the bucket hat after that game? Yes or no? Well, you want me to wear the bucket hat for the rest of the season until they get until a win. Until at least they get I mean, a win. The reason why this loss to WFT was crushing was because they win that game. And I think the Falcons game is a winnable game, a two and one record after the you know, debacle week one. They don't look so bad now. If they lose this game week three, I think it's like you, you got to pull the plug on Gettleman, on on oh. Jones, on Garrett. Ooh. And unfortunately, I think Joe Judge, too. It's like you, wow. you cannot start 0-3 to these to two bad teams, at least one bad, one bad team, one mediocre team. The Falcons have a real shot of being the worst team. OK, in the NFL. are they going to be 0-3 or not? The Giants. The, the, I, I will, I'll predict that I'll gar- I'll, I'll say that they're going to win the game. Right. The Giants are going to win the game. There you go. Okay. There but you go. the 0-3 start, those are the consequences. Everyone's on the hot Broadway seat Broadway spaghetti. <laughs> All right, Giants are now, pl- I want to move on from this, a plus okay. one, 750 to win the NFC East. Um, that might, yeah, listen, it's still the NFC East. 750 might not be bad. You know? South so team's going to be 0-2. I mean, Dallas, the Cowboys. Dallas going to lose. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to think of this. The one thing I'll say about Dexter Lawrence, it does seem when you go risk reward for getting a head start, um, got a three percent chance even with the head start to block the kick. Versus you go offside, you're giving him a chance to win the game. Didn't seem the risk seemed crazy versus the reward. No, Martin. No. Well, I understand that everybody's focused on Dexter Lawrence jumping offside. Yeah. But Taylor Heineke threw an interception with two minutes and 17 sure. seconds left in the fourth quarter and had the ball back with a minute 58 left. If, yep. if the Giants get a first down, the game's over. Yep. All right. We don't need to rub it in anymore to spaghetti. But if you think you know football, hit our Extra Points Arcade. That's extrapoints.com slash arcade. We got a pick em contest, a prop culture contest. Oh, it's based on the Emmys. Lots of fun stuff there. And a prop quiz with check one out of hundreds of entries. Check one. Can you believe that? Big, big yes, prize. We're not I getting a new prize check. No, you're not getting anything. Extrapoints.com slash arcade. Free to play. 
prizes galore. Do it up. Hit it up. I mentioned Josh Gardner is going to be on. He's a friend of ours. He wrote with us, Shaq. We've known him many, many years. I remember that. Um, I'm torn having him on because he's about the funniest guy I've ever met. And, you know, we're going to have him tell stories about Norm McDonald. I mean, hopefully those will be funny as well. But he was very close with Norm. He worked closely with Norm for many, many years. And they have almost exactly the same sense of humor. And I'm not positive that Josh stole it from him. It might have been the other way around. Risque uh, introduction for him. But now we'll, we'll put a pin in that. I'm we'll building it to too the- much. I'm building it up too much. Anyway, he's going to come on. Uh, is he not one of the funniest guys? I mean, it's not fair, right? Everything he says, he, when he bombs, it's funnier than when it's right. Uh, well, I'm not going to make I'm not going to make my list for fear of uh, leaving somebody off. But uh, you know, me as uh, the fly on the wall for the last two decades of knowing some of the funniest people on the planet Earth, and uh, my good fortune to be in that spot. I mean, he's mm-hmm. definitely way, way up there, the J Man. Uh, is he funnier than when Jeff Schwartz goes off on the Giants? I mean, that's pretty funny, too. But I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, no? it's not as funny as when Eddie Spaghetti gets mad <laughs> about <laughs> other people insulting his football team. <laughs> but exactly the J-Man, nevertheless, is way up there on the list. Yeah. All right. Let's turn to NFL Raiders Steelers. It's a fun one. It's always a fun one, even when you're six and a half point favorite at home. Forty six and a half is the over under. This team has lots of history. The recent history, not so great for the Steelers. I don't know. Now someone's going to come back at me with a record like now they no, beat them right. and they lose to him. But uh, I, I do remember a, a Troy Smith, like 85 yard run or something. Terrell Pryor. Well, oh, Terrell Pryor. Sorry, that's right. It was Terrell Pryor. Troy Smith did it, too. That's what no, I'm looking up here. I see a lot. No, no they got so anyway. Check lots of history. Give us your win play show Raiders Steelers moments. I think I know what win is, but well, you're right. Me. The 21st century when they go head to head has been inexplicably. Yeah, it's a great rivalry from the 20th century because they were both high end teams. They were real juggernaut, iconic pro football brands in the in the 70s, especially in the 21st century. The Steelers have remained good. The Raiders have been generally speaking putrid, and yet. The Raiders have almost every time beaten it. Bruce Gradkowski in Heinz Field, Terrell Pryor for 90 yards in yeah. uh, over in uh, the East Bay. The um, with the Steelers missed the playoffs largely because they lost to that bum Raiders team a few years ago. That's what kind of exacerbated the Antonio Brown Ben Roethlisberger rift in part. Um, but anyway, yes, quickly. 1975. These teams played each other consistently in in uh, Januarys to get to the Super Bowl. Right. The Steelers almost every time won those games. In 1975, in Three River Stadium, Al Davis, always the conspiracy theorist, accused the Steelers of icing down outside the hash marks to slow down Cliff Branch. As Al Davis said, uh, one of mm. my favorite quotes from him, if there was one man that Mel Blunt feared in, in the NFL, it was... It, it was Clifford Branch, Clifford Branch. They, That's Al Davis. He sounds like the NFL films guy. Was he the guy all along? I had no idea. I, my range is 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 only so you. great. So I'm not I'm, I'm, right. I'm not a master impressionist. That so would was be, that show. That, that show. show. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go just to get one in here in the 21st century. They didn't even clash, but it's because of Tom Brady and that tuck rule. You heard about that play in the divisional yeah, round in the snow. If that doesn't happen, the Raiders come to Heinz Field to play Pittsburgh with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. The Steelers were mighty that year. So, too, were the Raiders. How the how Brady and the Patriots started their dynastic role is a shame. It's a fraud. 
And it disgusts me that it happened because that would have been a classic for all of time. Okay, Gannon v. Cordell doesn't exactly summon memories of Snake v. Bradshaw, but Lusty just the same. And then, of course, the number one because it's Wait, the, the place is that they would have played each other? That's right. And once again, we should all be spiteful okay. towards the Patriots for interrupting what would have been well, a better result for all of our eyeballs instead of watching Belichick and company go in a Super Bowl that they got to because they were watching videotapes of what the other team was doing offensively, including Kurt Warner's uh, Rams in before that Super Bowl. That was true. And it was the same thing that was true when they played the Steelers in Heinz Field. How do you think they, they, they beat a nine and a half point spread? Is that what it was, Sal? Was that what it was? I know I you so. know it because I know you had the Steelers covering that and you had the Rams to make Terrible. it up in the Super Bowl, and I sat by you in that Super Bowl, and we were the Rams both sick at our balls. The Rams was 13. That was that was sickening. All right, so win has to be the uh, immaculate reception. No, actually, I'm going to go with a 1983. Yeah, no, that's, a, <laughs> that, a, a, of course, the immaculate reception, the greatest play in pro football, nay, sports history, and, of course, it has such a high place on the banks of the Three Rivers that when you um, unload from the plane, you come out, and what do you see? When you're when you're going down the escalators into Pittsburgh, PA, at the airport, you see a uh, the father of our nation, George Washington statue, and right next to it, Franco Harris making the immaculate reception. I never miss a chance to hold up one of my children in front of it to make it look like uh, Franco and I are delivering one of my children. Um, the immaculate Martin, reception that hit that that hit the ground, Martin. Right? No, if we no, had replay, that's not even the controversy. Of, what do you mean it's not a controversy? There's no there's no picture of it. Of course, it's a con. Why? Because you put a statue up in your airport. There's no now the bigger the bigger controversy is whether or not the ball. Who did it hit? Frenchie Fuqua or Jack Tatum? Because based on the rules, it depends who it hits. If the play should have stood, they wouldn't. As you say, though, well, in the 21st century, they would have enough cameras More and cameras, HD to, sure. to figure it out. Right? I don't know, Martin. I, yeah. look, I think that's a trap. I 100% feel like your win would be invalidated on further review. And then, right? I'm I'm throwing a red challenge flag on your place because. We're talking win, play, show of Steelers, Rave, Raiders moments, <laughs> and this is a moment that did not occur. What could have been? Right. Okay, then you know what? Then go with the then go with the Raiders 1976 AFC title game win when they <laughs> right. finally get over the hump and get to the Super Bowl. The Raiders finally get get it. They finally vanquish their arch rival Pittsburgh Steelers in the East Bay. Oh, little asterisk next next to that: the greatest defense in NFL history was undone by the fact that the Steelers had no running backs to play in that game. Oh, but the Raiders were so mighty. They went on to beat the uh, the pathetic Vikings in the Super Bowl, just as the Steelers would have. But I will say, in 1972, if the Steelers don't win, if the Immaculate Reception doesn't happen, and Snake Stabler survives that game, they host, by the rules, the undefeated Dolphins. Or, I'm sorry, the game's down in Miami, I should say, and the Raiders go over to Miami. But that favors the sling it around Raiders, not the ground and pound Dolphins. The Raiders would have right. won that. They had the Dolphins number in that era. It would have been the Raiders and the and the uh, Washington Redskins in Super Bowl Seven. There would have been no undefeated season. What that means for the 70s might favor the Cowboys going down as the greatest team of the 20th century, Sal. But anyway, that's well, a, a quick what if for you. Um, I, uh, I'm taking the Raiders this week. <clears throat> I like what I saw out of them. They could have given up 14, nothing. Well, I like them for the season. I like the West. You know that I like six teams out of the West divisions, the AFC and NFC. I think the Raiders are one of them. Gutty performance down 14, nothing came back and Steelers. Maybe, I don't know, maybe physical game against that Buffalo. Team. I know it's a short week. I know there's a little travel here, uh, but I'm taking the points. I don't know that the Steelers offense can blow the Raiders out here. 
Martin, you taking the points or are you laying almost a touchdown? Well, I got it early in the week. It, when it was, I think it was Steelers minus five, and it's now mm -hmm. moved to six and a half. Six and a half feels like a little heavy for me, but I just saw the Raiders, and I felt like they should have lost that game to Baltimore so many different times, and they were getting hit. They lost their offensive linemen. And Pittsburgh impressed me against Baltimore. I mean, against Buffalo, even though that yeah. Buffalo wasn't great. And I think that Pittsburgh is probably going to be, you know, have a good September and tail off towards the end of the year because the quarterback is old. Well, that'll be there. You're right. I mean, they're zero and three against the spread in the last three as a favorite. Check a touchdown too much here. You could say, yeah, I think so. Three. No, I'll All take right. the Steelers on the money line at best. I like uh, with this game specifically player props more than I do like. Uh, engaging uh, the team results here. I like Najee Harris to go over 71 and a half. I think we'll see a closer version of what people anticipated from him coming into the season than you did again, than what you saw against the bills. I think he'll have a nice game by the way, throw a little something on, uh, on Derek Carr rolling into town. You can get him over six and a half. You know, he's going to be scrambling around against that pass rush. He's going to run for over six and a half yards in that game. So you can get a nice little, uh, a oh. little two guy uh, parlay out of that one. Um, six and a half is a, uh, an integral number here. It's a game. big, it, it's a big number. I do call, I mean, listen, I completely understand that the Steelers got 16, you know, scratch out 16 points offensively that, that remember that one touchdown comes on special teams. On the other hand though, contextualize it as best you can. We only have 60 minutes worth of evidence to go off of with these Raiders, but I mean, a, right. a lot of it is predicated on like hmm, Raiders, not, not as bad as I thought because they beat the Ravens, but are we sure that the Ravens are the Ravens that a lot of people thought they were going to be? The answer is no. That offensive line is atrocious. I, I know the Steelers ain't great either. Um, well, we'll see. Six and a half is the number. Fandles got home crowd should stuff. be helpful, though. The Steelers have not been in front of a home crowd in quite some time. That's going to be a jacked-up crowd. Either way, I don't expect uh, either of these teams to be the high scorer of the week, but Fandle's got numbers out for high scoring team. I love this. I love stuff like this. Uh, who is the favorite here? It's Tampa Bay. I just now, now I pulled off of it. I went to look at something else. Yeah, it was, it was and Tampa. Here we go. Tampa's the favorite. Martin, who do you like for high score of the week? I, uh, I was going with the Cleveland Browns. They're 11 to one. And I think because I was looking at this for whatever reason in my head, I figured that the, the high score of the week is going to be somewhere between 35 and 42 points. And so I figure that I just see a game in which they're up on the, the Browns are up on the Texans 27 to 10, and they're just running the ball, running the ball and Chubb hits a home run or hunt hits a home run. And that puts wrong, me over. Wrong sport, Mark. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. No, but that hits Bears. me. That puts me over the top because all the other teams are going to be, I, I feel like Cleveland is the team that is set up to run the ball, like to take the air out of the ball and still be able to right. score. Yeah, that's a tough thing, right? When you're going against, a, I mean, 1-0 Texans, but they're a dozen-point underdog. So when you pick a team to be the high scorer, I would wonder I wonder if it is a team that has the biggest spread because typically they'll sit their starters late in the fourth quarter or midway through the fourth quarter. But Browns 11-1, nice value there. I checked. High-scoring team. What do you say? Yeah, exactly what you're talking about. Right. I was looking at the Browns, and I was then I was thinking the Chiefs because it feels like those Chiefs-Ravens games tend to go that the, I, you know, I'm looking in the rearview mirror, but it feels like the Chiefs jump on them, then the the Ravens try to backdoor them, and then Mahomes like let's put this away once and for all, and mm -hmm. that's maybe the path to to 
getting the Chiefs. Too easy for Damashek, though. Chargers at home, shootout against the, oh. the Cowboys. I'm going to take uh, the Chargers plus 1,200. That game's going to be a, a dynamite one. That might be, wow, in I fact, the wrong. game of the week to, to take a look at uh, if the Cowboys drop to 0-2. So many injuries and stupid crap now happening with these Cowboys. Lil Collins does it, fails the test. Oh, no, he didn't take the test. Good job. He, didn't, he actually didn't take the test. Uh, and Lawrence and all these other injuries. I don't, I, don't, I don't love it. Yeah, Chargers might just go crazy. I am going with the Chiefs. You say it's easy, 10 to 1. They're still playing the Ravens, but I saw some things I like. First of all, you're right, check. 33 points scored against the Ravens, 34 points two years ago. So they're right in that range anyway. They don't ever face them in the playoffs because the Ravens get bounced early, but those were regular season games where they scored 67 over the last two years. I don't know. I saw Derek Carr underthrow about eight guys last week. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, if this is Mahomes, this is, you know, they're going to score three times a quarter. Uh, I don't think that that's what it'll add up to, but I think 10 to one for the Chiefs over the Ravens is a good deal. And let me tell you, Fandle is not done with this Chiefs-Ravens game. They love it. Sunday night, yes, biggest game. Fandle Sportsbook about to make it even bigger, giving new customers 30 to one odds on either team to win either team. You can end the weekend right by winning $150 on a $5 bet. Yes, there's a same-game parlay also. You could do that. This is what you do with the same-game parlay. So you can take adjusted odds. You take uh, the Chiefs minus 6.5. I'm going to put that with over 59 and a half. And the Chiefs over 14 and a half in the first half. Before this year, you couldn't do anything like this. Your bookmaker would look at you, smack in the face, and then spit on your shoes. Plus 551. You put those three together. That is a winner for me. It's easy to use, safe and secure, fast payouts, FanDuel, sports betting, made simple, hooking you up with great offers. Plus, when you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. Sign up with promo code extra points this Sunday before the Chiefs take on the Ravens. Win $150 on a $5 bet. Remember to use promo code extra points so they know we sent you. You must wager in a designated offer market max bonus. Like I said, $150. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Restrictions apply. Yes, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. And the TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. That's the one I'm in. I am in Tennessee right now. Visit one www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. So lots of good stuff there. I was looking at the MVP odds. And I, I think it's fun to bet like four or five of these. Just so you have an I told you so moment there. Um, Stafford is now second. Is that a little premature, Shaq? Stafford second after the one week? He, I don't know. He had Van Jefferson. Like Everyone's like, oh, my God. And now it's Mahomes 6-1, to one, Stafford 8-1, to one, Brady 9-1. to one. If you could add one, I forgot who you took in the beginning of the year. Did you take Josh Allen? No, I didn't take Josh Allen. I, no. I, I'm uh, I'm fading the Bills this year. Right, you that's right. Who did I take uh, this year? I can't remember who I had as the MVP. But did I'll you tell take you Baker? That. Did you take it ironically? Take Baker or something I like that? I, there's no irony, Sal. This is the Browns' <laughs> year. And by the way, I'm kind of with Martin that the Browns. I know that they're a heavy favorite, and I did, by the way, take that 10-point three-way teaser. Tease down the Browns to minus two and a half. The Bucks down to minus two and a half, and the Packers down mm -hmm. to minus one and a half. Get that at uh, at FanDuel as well. Um, I uh, I'm looking at 
the the MVP, the intermediate type of QBs here. Derek Carr, you can get at plus 5,000. This is an exercise. It's premature. What are we doing picking MVPs this early in the season? I I suppose it's owed to. Well, this is the, when you get odds. I mean, I know, if you're right, just going to talk about it, sorry, Martin, Skip, and Shen, it's one thing. But if you want to <laughs> take val- get value on odds, I get it. this is exactly when you talk about well, it. Well, as far as yes, in your strategy as an exercise, that's exactly right. I'm with you. If Derek Carr goes into Pittsburgh and then he's sitting at 2-0, and o, Going to be pretty interesting. You can get him at plus 5,000 right now. Do you buy that the Bungles are going to be relevant in the AFC North? If you do, also at plus 5,000. Same goes for CMC in mm. Charlotte, North Carolina. Teddy B, you can get at that number. Um, I like I like those guys that have juicy o- odds next they to have their no name chance right of now. winning. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what that's. That's a good way to do it. I mean, you're, right. you're the one who picked the Raiders to go to the playoffs. If the, I, I don't think they're <laughs> going to, but if they do on Derek Carr's right arm, then it stands to reason that he would be an MVP now. All right. Well, here's what I did. I, you know, I, well, I can't talk here because I took two players. I took my theory is if I was an, uh, you know, if I was an advisor, a financial advisor, I'd say take the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, take Mahomes to win MVP every year. You'll cash in the next three years, and you're getting five or six to one uh, odds on that. So I stick with Mahomes at six to one. I think I also had Josh Allen 12 to one boy, Russell Wilson at 13 to one. If he is throwing the ball consistently, like he did last week against what was not a bomb defense in the Colts. I mean, he had two of the best throws of his life. Uh, it's Tyler Lockett. Last oh, week. Sal, maybe that on. does it. Maybe 13 to one is not bad right now. You know he's always in contention in December, Mark. How about this? I'll pay you five to one if if we can never have the conversation about Russell Wilson being an MVP in week two. What are we doing already? Why, look, can look, we just look, give look. it to Russell Wilson already so we can stop having the? Co- I'm not talking about betting. What's wise. your problem? I'm talking about in general because it's, it's just an endless conversation about. Do you know Russell Wilson? It's getting to well, be. No, Tom Brady right. was a six round draft pick, and Ryan right. Fitzpatrick well, we, went we to Harvard. We just listen to you say Teddy Bridgewater is good value. So I, I feel like I have good, good like stand on with this. <laughs> no, one. I hear you. I just it's I mean a, philosophically, what are we doing giving somebody an MVP award in week one or two? It's the same thing as last year. It's a repeat. We, yeah, we right. I don't that understand. I don't understand why like last year everybody was so indignant that Russell Wilson had never gotten an MVP vote before. Like if you go back and look at the individual awards, it makes all the sense in the world why he would right. not have. However, this year in season 2021, this year, the MVP is coming from the NFC West and he's going to be the quarterback of the NFC. Whatever team wins the NFC West. So mm. with that, I'm going with Kyler at plus 900 and wow. I'm going with, yeah, Mr. Unlimited at plus 1300. Nice. I like it. You know what? That's not a way to, bad way to do it. If you get Kyler nine to one, Russell 13 to one, Stafford eight. Hmm. And then what, what am I missing? Trey oh, Lance, Jimmy G. rookie well, of the year. Yeah, you don't Jim, know. It'd be Trey Lance. Uh, Jimmy G's Jimmy not going to make the season. Jimmy G is 80 and Trey Lance is 100, so sprinkle a little on that. That's a decent way to look at it. I think, like, I had uh, the coach of the year coming from the AFC East, so um, it, it's a good way to go 0 for 4 hmm. or corner. Wow, Kyle Murray really jumped the ranks there. Had a, a great game against Tennessee and is now 9-1. to Yeah, he's right up there with Tom Brady. Boy, oh boy, it really is deja vu because while everybody else was talking to Russell Wilson one year ago at this time, Martin Weiss just said the name that I was saying over and over again in the preseason and through the first two months of 2020. I was pushing Kyler Murray hard, if you'll recall that. But yes, that's that's an interesting way to do it. I lost a bet to Chris Broussard over that, about Kyler Murray being the MVP. I had to pay him $200 to buy a pair of shoes. Well... (laughs) You guys, name dropped shoes, early. it's amazing. Lots, lots of, uh, yeah, <laughs> name dropped on your behalf. 
Hey, the Colts are doing an in-season hard knocks. What is this, babyface Solomon? Who's going to watch this? Uh, Megan Gailey, the Colts comedian, uh, oh, fan true. of the Colts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think uh, a few other people. But yeah, the Colts are, for the first time ever, they're doing uh, in-season hard knocks so we can uh, enjoy seeing Carson Wentz uh, being six feet away from his teammates. Yeah, I don't know what this... Um... I don't know, man. The, the Cowboys, I struggled to watch the Cowboys. So it's a, what is this? This is in season. It's going to be on HBO. It's called Hard Knocks. I'm trying to see how it's different. Where? When does it start? Later during the regular season. I like think the, the only difference, Al, is three that. Three and eight. And do this. I think yeah. it's just happening in week six or seven as opposed to, you know, preseason week one. Right. I guess so. I mean, at some point, don't you want the cameras out of your face? Like you're working on trick plays and shit, right? I think the uh, thing to wor- I think the thing to root for is if you're familiar with uh, one of the greatest movies of all time and and perhaps the greatest documentary of all time, at least uh, with all due respect to uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens, Muzzle Tub again you. to you, Kimmel, and everybody else. Uh, that was really gangbuster stuff. Um, Hoop Dreams is a marvelous picture oh, in part that. because of the serendipity that happens, which is that one kid makes it or, or then gets knee trouble and everything else at the high end, you know, rich kid, um, you know, private school. But then the other kid gets kind of punted and goes back to public school, which the filmmakers didn't anticipate. And that's kind of what makes the picture so splendid that the kid who falls down gets back up. But anyway, I think you kind of want, if you're NFL films, you want the Colts to stink, right? Because what we want to see is what starts to go down when things get sideways with a pro football team. If they're I good, they'll so. be talking about like, no one believes in us outside this line. We got to keep on day to day. One, come in, get better every day. Like none of that jive. We want to hear like, it's not my fault. It's his fault. Like that. That's the kind of stuff we want to hear. I the, guess the, it's very risky though. I mean, go, even into going in Dallas season, they thought they were going to have, you know, Dak ready you know obviously they give them sound bites and played games with them and everything but what if three guys get hurt on the colts and they're a bad team and and no one cares about who's filling in for them yeah, maybe they could get a nice movie. bejeweled uh suitcase out of it i don't know that was the that was the highlight of uh this year's hard knocks was when right. z gave dak the bejeweled that was nice luggage oh my god it. and he wasn't done wrapping it and dak showed up <laughs> and it was like really really wait somebody stuff. took my bike what i gotta walk 40 feet no way we, uh, we love betting here, and this is a weird thing. I'm still not sure I understand this. Eagle center Jason Kelsey dyed his hair blonde after losing a bet to Zach Ertz, and the bet was that he bet that Zach Ertz would be traded before the season. What a freaking thing to say about somebody. And now it wasn't in the vein of, uh, you suck, they're getting rid of you, but just to be like, hey, uh, if they don't trade you, I'm dying my hair blonde. Doesn't that feel weird, Martin, I don't, that that – that would be the goal. And that now it's like, I'm so glad I lost. Kelsey's like, I'm so glad I lost this bet. See, that's the Very thing sure. I don't get. I don't ever make a bet that I intend to lose or I would like to lose. Every single right. bet that I make, I want to win it. Now, sometimes I know immediately it's, it's, it was a bad one, but I want to mm-hmm. win it. I, I, can't, I can't understand making a bet for anything that you want to lose, especially not my hair. <laughs> right. Wow, that's Jack, funny because you, you just said, well, he bet on the Browns. Um, so I think it only is fitting that Martin has to dye his hair blonde if they don't get the most points Ooh. out of any pro football team this weekend. I, I mean, that's, that stands to reason based on what he just said himself. Right, Martin? No, I don't want to lose. I don't want. No, OK, not, but, well, maybe we do. <laughs> like, Ooh, you, you know what we could do with Martin? About? Maybe maybe Martin could dye like uh, like 
the uh, the Browns helmet into his hairline. Like, so what happens? So what do I mm. get if 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 the Browns do, are the highest scoring team? No, nothing. Well, I know no, you no. said you don't make bets that you don't think you're going to win. So, but so you're going to win this. But if you don't on the off chance, then we give right. you a Browns I, helmet on your. But head. I bet this one, knowing that it's going to have a nice payout after the fact. So like, it's if, like if, I'm if, so confident. <laughs> it's like one of those. Like, you you don't need anything on the other side. All right, so that that's a fun. Uh, that's a fun bet. All right, let's pick our upset pick. Now, Sheck was a little, when he took the Lions over the 49ers last week, I was like, are you sure about this? this is our upset pick of the week? You're like, yes, they're going to keep it close. I'm like, all right, okay. So then we hang the graphic out there that, you know, I had the Raiders over the Ravens. You had the um, Lions in print over the 49ers. And then the Lions, they got whipped but then came back to cover and you're doing a lap because they cut. I'm like, no. It was plus eight and a half. I thought that was the standard. I misunderstood what you asked. This I thought you were going to say, pick, which dog that, do you like? I didn't know to win no, the game outright. All right. I half misunderstood. Half the teams are dogs and half the teams are favorites. <laughs> which, so this is. I thought you said is, pick a dog. So I picked the dog. That was it. I, I hit. I thought I, I had to pick I had a dog won. to win, to emerge victorious. Plus well, 150 did, or way, higher. Let's I did just give say you, plus 150 or higher. Is the uh, standard, let's say. For okay, I also did say the Chargers for the record, and they were a dog, and they won. So I did. So uh, by the measure that you, like- it's one point plus one fifty. It's a true dog. Do you want to go okay. on fire? You want to go with Terry and Howie and those guys and pick underdogs that are a half a point uh, expected to lose? I'm you not familiar with those. Not names, on this show. But- not on this show. Plus one fifty or higher is an underdog. Martin, show- tell them what it's like. Tell them like, give them an example of an upset pick. I am going with the Miami Dolphins sneaking in at plus 156 on the money line to send the Bills 0-2. Love it. Yep. I agree with that one, friend. Interesting. Wow. They're going to win that game straight up. Obviously, the, the, the number is pretty cool. That is why yes. I picked money line. The assumption that the Bills have to do it. Like, well, the Bills. I mean, I mean there's no way the Bills go to 0-2. Why not? In that division... Hey, um, oh, well, I don't no, think no, anyone's no. saying no way. I think now this is a I, I'm hearing I'm chatter on both sides. There. I really do. Huh. I really do. OK, yeah. I don't know. I, I, they could go on two. they definitely don't want to go on two. Um, I think he's like 13, four and one, though. Josh Allen on the road. Um, some something like that. Something crazy against the spread. So. All right, Martin. But this is to win the game. Miami. All right, check. You get how it goes. He has Miami to win. the I game. understand, so, bub. Now, let me just say this to you, though. I do think I just want to say about Martin's pick there. It's going to be hot in Miami. They're practicing up in Buffalo. Um, Practically speaking, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones on uh, Stefan Diggs, he could Diggs could have a repeat a week one against the Steelers. I I mean, the the assumption that the Bills are some juggernaut ready to steamroll the AFC East. I I, I have questioned that all summer long. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. A straight-up winner going into Seattle there. The Seahawks, as you say, look pretty good. The Titans looked atrocious. I say that uh, the Titans' performance was anomalous in week one. They're uh, plus six and a half, and uh, on the money line, plus 235. Juicy stuff. I don't buy the Seahawks this year. As I say, they're ultimately your fourth-place team in the mighty NFC West. I like Tennessee. Congratulations mm. in Nashville. You're sitting there right now. Sam. I'm there now. I could attest the Tell people everybody. are, and oh my God, they're going crazy about this game and this team. Actually, I don't know. I've not left the hotel yet, but um, all right. So that's a good, I do like that. Even though Se- Seahawks seven and one, even without the 12th man last year at home, uh, they were seven and one and now they're home and they beat up. And I know I mentioned Russell Wilson, maybe as MVP, but I think this is close, a shootout. 
and the Titans could win plus 235. All right, that's how you do it, Jack. You go plus 235. Martin, what did you take with Miami? Plus 156. Plus 156. That qualifies as an upset, and so do the Panthers. Plus 150. That's what I'm doing. Over the New Orleans Saints, I think it's a hangover game for New Orleans. We don't know what to make out of that Green Bay team. New Orleans showed up. I know I'm playing the emotion of what's going on in uh, New Orleans right now, but I will mention the under is 4-0 in both the Saints and Panthers' last four games overall. Leads me to believe this is a 21-20 type game. The pass rush for the Panthers keeps the Saints and Jameis Winston honest. I know they had six sacks against the Jets uh, and Zach Wilson. That's not fair, but Hassan Reddick says the defense has put the league on notice, Shaq, and I'm oh, putting wow. you on notice. I'm okay, telling well, you the Panthers I, I, win this game. <laughs> I didn't know about that part. Well, now, now I really like it. Hey, I have the Panthers yeah. in the playoffs. I had them in the preseason, and I stand by that. Also, just very quickly, since you're in that region of the country, SEC country, I'm yeah. sure everybody's a buzz about Bama at Florida. Take the Gators plus 15 and a half. You heard it oh, from Damashek. Oh, man, that's so rough. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're down 17 they score at the end, but that offense just blows out. Even the best defenses. I was, like, charting it for the last few years. But uh, that's I know you like that quarterback. Not you can sure. just listen after the game. You can just send me a Jerry or back when I'm wrong. I say okay. I'm wrong. All right. Sincerely, Sal. That's what Quickly, all you have to type me. Major League Baseball. I thought we were going to get a good one. A's at Angels with Otani on the mound, but not on the mound. Soreness in his shoulder. And Fandle has taken the MVP odds down. He was uh, something like minus 5,000. And Vlad Guerrero Jr. There's a lot of buzz now for him to win it at 11 to 1 odds. Uh, like I mentioned, they took it down. Vlad, great year, 45, 103, 317, right up there, potential triple crown. He's in the mix. But freaking A, Otani, 44 home runs, 94 RBIs. All right, average is a little low, 256. Nine and two, I know he wanted that 10th win check. That would have sealed it. To me, nine and two, that seals it anyway. Come on, I, right? How do you I, give it listen, to anyone else? In 100 years, in a sport in which that's been around where the numbers are actually relevant as opposed to pro football or hockey, who cares what happened 100 years ago in those sports. In, in baseball, they kind of still matter what Babe Ruth did. And it was 100 years ago where he was a dominant pitcher and leading the league in home runs and RBIs and all of that. So you say, well, Tani's got to be the guy. Let's not overthink this. But Vlad Guerrero Jr. is taking his team to the playoffs. That does have to matter a little bit. One Doesn't seem to matter. Mike I know, but you know, even, even Hench, we talked about this, a good debate on minus three. Listen to that, too, because he's a baseball historian, if there ever was one. And he holds up, the, the fact rightly points out, Otani's doing it without any added pressure of we're in a pennant race, whereas Vlad Jr. is the chief bat for those, uh, for those Jays making their playoff run. And by the way, talk about there's no precedent for this. Vlad Guerrero is eight RBIs out of winning not just the American League Triple Crown, the Major League Triple Crown. How many guys in the handful of human beings who've ever done it? Names like Ted Williams and Jimmy Fox and, and uh, you know, Mickey Mantle, legendary names who have done it. I don't know. Yeah, there's I, also, you know, there's Triple Crown winners that that didn't win it, right? What Weren't there? I, I don't know. I, I just feel like uh, th this is insane. How many was, should, should Otani have 100 stolen bases too? Like, what do you need to do? I get, I get it's history, but it's not like what Vlad Jr.'s doing is like, yeah, a bunch of guys have done that. It's a very short list of, of guys who have done that, too. So it's not oh, like. Sorry. So Otani's in the league when, when you're having your great year. What do you the, think, Martin? The, the list of people who have done what Shohei Otani has done is one. 
You just talk about a handful of people have done what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has done. And I remember vividly when Mike Trout and Miguel Cabrera were up against it, going for the MVP of the the American League. And people were talking about how the Triple Crown didn't matter because Mike Trout's war was so high. And I I disagree with that. But if if Otani, I mean, literally, he's playing both sides of the ball. And he's great at it. I don't- it's awesome. I, I it's, it's a match. How Charles Woodson won a Heisman Trophy um, was was doing that with little splash plays offensively for Michigan forever ago. Yeah, listen, I, I I'm applying. If it's close, then I give it to the guy who's actually in a pennant race. The thing that is that, that stands out, Sal, that where you started the conversation was, I can't imagine. I, I can't believe that what the Otani was plus seven thousand when they took him down. And Vlad Jr. was plus eleven hundred, minus seven thousand yeah. versus yeah. plus eleven hundred. What? Yeah. Why would it be that big a blowout at this point? Because given this what- guy. All right. So, but what about Vlad not playing the field? Like, not only does Otani play the field, he's in for nine innings, throwing the games on the line. Like, you can't blame his team for not being in the playoffs. He's done all he could. He's pitched well. He's hit well. I don't know what else he's supposed to I do. I get it. That's like. If Guerrero was a gold glove out there too, then maybe it's. A, I think the odds are fair. I really do. You, you think it's you up. think it's deserving of? I mean, I, I guess really, I'm uh, I'm getting in the weeds and arguing. We've never seen anything dumb, like but. it. So yeah, of course it should be. Um, the the odds should be crazy wide gap. Hey, listen, I don't want to be a hypocrite or or uh, you know what? Because I, I you know I feel like Roy Green, the last guy to dominate catching the football and was a was a halfway decent cornerback in the NFL is oddly not celebrated in football history. So, of course, things that are anomalous are worthy of celebration. And award I knew and Roy Green out. was going to come up. I freaking knew he was going to come up in this Shohei Otani-Guerrero um, debate. Go look him up with Neil Lomax with the St. Louis Cardinals, the football team. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hey, Sal Perez, though, real uh, real quick. I don't want to get uh, – we have Josh Gardner waiting for us. Sal Perez, 45 home runs. Um, if I'm him, I take it easy a little bit here, right? Then he tie bench or did he break bench? He's gonna break bench's record for catchers. Um, it's 45. His next biggest total was 27. He did 27 twice, and then everything else is 22, 21. I mean, he's 31 years old. Don't you calm down? Don't you? Uh, people are gonna ask questions, aren't they? Of the 31 year old. <laughs> I didn't Sal know what Perez. you were getting at. <laughs> well, I don't know. If you hit 55, they're like, all right, calm down here, Sal Perez, right? Like something's up, and we know it. If your next best is 27 and you hit 38, all right, yeah, I can understand. Maybe people won't notice. But Brady what Anderson, the, what the hell's going on? What you're getting, right. it, getting that's at it. Here, I see. It's a okay. Brady Anderson. I mean, he's got my name. I don't want to. I don't want to trash him too much. I thought that might have been the TB12 method. Is that what it is? Yeah. I'm just saying. Has he said anything? Has he mentioned anything? Why this is happening? We're just like just one of those years. I don't know. Well, good job by you, Sal Perez. All right, let's bring him on, Sheck. Our next guest. Speaking of baseball, he has a 978 batting average in terms of making me laugh. He's one of the funniest guys in the world, and there is no way you'll be able to figure that out in the next 10 minutes. From an undisclosed location in Maine, Josh Gardner is here. What's up, buddy? Hanging in there. It's been a tough week. It has. You're, uh, you were very close with Norm McDonald, who unexpectedly died. You didn't know, right? I mean, it didn't seem like anyone who was close to him knew that he was that sick, right? Um. Yeah, I just thought he needed to go out and get some sun. Right. Yeah, I remember that you are, uh, you're actually, you did some funny pandemic bits with him that you can catch on YouTube. Um, search Josh Gardner and Norm McDonald, and there was good stuff. And yes, you do go after how he looks. 
in a comedic way, but what are some of your fun? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what one of my funniest memories of uh, you and Norm are. I'm at, Jimmy and I joined this tennis club and uh, we rarely went and we went to play tennis and the courts were taken up and I look and it's you and Norm versus Artie Lang and Cato Kalen. And, oh my uh, God. And a tennis, doubles tennis, Shaq. Uh, can you, who won that match? Could you Josh, tell you which, remember? could you tell which was Cato Kalen, which was Josh Gardner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doppelgangers. <laughs> No, not at the time. No, no. Well, there was How one, did that, that foursome get together? That was, uh, yeah, we had a weekly tennis game at uh, over in uh, Burbank. And um, you're going to notice Josh has exactly the same cadence as Norm. Uh, and I'm talking about Norm now. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hey, Go ahead. hey, hey. it's yeah. all right. No, hey, I know. It's very slow. Yeah. We, um, we had this uh, tennis game, but um, Norm and Cato would always be partners. And both of them uh, were uh, incredibly competitive and like, you know, throwing rackets and, um, yeah, you, you know, just, just losing a point would be the worst thing in the world. One week, Artie was my partner. One week, Artie didn't show up. So we got a substitute. and. Norm said, oh, you're going to be surprised who it is. It was Patrick McEnroe. Oh, <laughs> that should help. So the J-Man's playing with Patrick McEnroe, but Norm and Cato still thought that they had a chance to, uh, you know, win. And so every wow. time, and, and uh, they won a point and, and Cato would point at Patrick McEnroe and say, you know, in your face, like just the craziest stuff. <laughs> and you know Patrick goes watch this and he started running them around the court they're diving for balls and stuff Cato somehow made one back and it just said Patrick back he goes watch this and Cato had fallen in the return and he splayed out and Patrick just spikes the ball hits him in the nuts Cato's oh, not around writhing uh, it was one of the best things I've ever seen did Norm play? Did he bet? Did he bet a lot in those games? Or I'm sure Norm and Artie bet. We, well, they may have. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know you didn't. No. I didn't. I, I've never turned a card in my life. Norm would bet college hockey. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find college hockey lines, but he would send. I know he had problems with a bookie who didn't pay him, so he would um, sometimes send, maybe even you, to Vegas with like a briefcase full of money to bet. Legally. Oh yeah. And uh, and a lot of times it was on college hockey, right? Isn't there a, a story with? Yeah, it, it was. Uh, you know, the briefcase, and he would send. You know, an assistant um, kind of knew what he was doing. Yeah, but he loved. Um, he loved uh, a good wager, and and mm. you know the kind of the more esoteric. You know, tennis, um, golf though is his. You know, I, I'd say in in order. Golf number one, football number two, um, and he would tweet shot by shot for some of the top, the top players. <laughs> was that intended to be? A, a lot of people would speculate about him doing that because obviously his sense of humor was so ironic. That was sincere, right? I mean, he wasn't doing a bit it, tweeting about golf shot for shot. Completely sincere, and you know, I think that that's <laughs> you know, he would have loved to. Uh, you know, have been a commentator, you know, completely straight. And you really, you know, we do those 
masters uh, podcasts and stuff. And, and yeah. you know, we'd it'd be funny there. But when he was comment, you know, commentating on the golf, he was dead serious and he really knew what he was talking about. And, you know, he really was often right in his his picks. Um, yeah, he loved the golf. He loved the golf. All right. Well, Josh, I can tell you're very sad. It's an emotional week. Um, you know, I, I, I've often said you have a similar, I mean, it's hard to believe this, but you may have been one of his few, uh, comic, um, influences. Well, that's, that's, that's an honor. He, he certainly influenced me and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shock, but he was a, 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 a big sports fan too. So there's a nice uh, crossover mm -hmm. there, but, um, Jay, man, I'll tell you something. I the two things uh, that earned my keep with him. One was first meeting him and knowing that Paul Henderson scored the game-winning goal against the Soviet Union. That kind of ingratiated me to him. But more was name-dropping Josh Gardner to Norm McDonald and that getting a, a, a spark in in him. <laughs> like you know, oh, you know Josh, and uh, then he kind of respected me a little bit because I knew you. And I, I mean, I, I said this to you a couple of days ago, but how many people on the planet Earth made Norm McDonald spit take and cackle the way you did? That's a real, uh, you know, whatever else you do in life. I mean, I don't know how many people can claim that. So good for you. And uh, and, uh, you know, he thought the world. Uh, you know, thank you, Shaq. Um, and uh, tell Eddie Spaghetti that uh, we're not going to let the, the Washington Redskins football team beat us again. I don't think that's their name anymore. Oh, all right. <laughs> I think so. You're right. They're not going to be Josh. Thanks for coming on. You're you're uh, you have anything to plug before we let you go? Um, no, nah, just my uh, at deaf frat guy uh, Twitter. If you want to, um, you are deaf frat guy. Wait a second. What? I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> now he's all of a sudden he hasn't talked. All right, all right. Josh. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Oh, he's the best. He's hysterical. He kept us in stitches, uh, you know, great times all the way through uh, your birthday weekend, of course. But I got to mm -hmm. say, with all due respect to the great food and company and all that, uh, I think once again, we were reminded of those old man show days sitting around the office there and uh, crank anchors and otherwise. And always the highlight um, was uh, was the J-Man making us all double over with laughter. There you go. This same thing to Norm MacDonald, too. Yep. Uh I think he needs a new hat, though. I don't know what that visor was. You know, so you know what I would recommend? I think he should go to the Extra Points Arcade, extrapoints.com slash arcade. Join one of the many contests we have up, the Pick'em, NFL Pick'em, the Prop Culture, or the Prop Quiz. We got Emmy stuff this weekend. Check that out, extrapoints.com slash arcade. Martin, how many did you get right in the head-to-head? -head? I think I got 11. I think Piacenti and I got 11. Went 11 and 5. We didn't do the Thursday game. What'd you get? Eight? I'm nine? pretty sure I had nine. Nine means like seven, right? Shaq, what'd you do? I had nine. You won the other one. You had nine. All right, check that nine. out. Lots of fun. Get a gold. But only because the Lions the were only because the Lions on there were plus seven and a half. Had they been eight and a half, it would have been ten. Well, you thought they were going to win on the field. I don't. I see did why not that think they matter. were going to beat the Niners. Why would I think that they were going to beat the Niners? I, of course, I would never pick the the Lions to beat the the, the Niners. Come All on. Right. Check out Shaq and Kevin Hench. They give their picks on minus three. The Degenerate Trifecta and I go over, I think, 12 games total. Uh, eight pro, four college on against all odds. And Martin Weiss, 
is the TJ Hushmanzada, wide receiver extraordinaire on Lemon Pepper Parlay. Check out their stuff, yes, on the Money Grab feed. And just a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. 